Well, hello and welcome back to the Person of Interest podcast with me, Natalie Jones. It's been a while and I'm so excited to republish this episode. It is so near and dear to my heart. So I sat down and talked with my friend Andy Zafiris last May 2021 during Mental Health Awareness Month. And we talked about something very near and dear to both of our hearts, which is an eating disorder. Now, this was the first time that I spoke openly about this, and it was the most empowering and really life-changing event in my recent life. Not moving home, not watching my dad get cancer, not COVID, not getting this job, nothing as it has been to liberate myself from the confines and isolation that eating disorders bring. Since I published this podcast last May, so many things in life have changed and only gotten better. I feel like I'm still on the journey. No journey is linear. It's all the little things that add up. And then one day things just start to click. And then they don't for a while. And then one day again, they will click. And I think that is life and the journey we are all on. If you're on some sort of evolution or on recovery or in a healing phase and just life in general. So Andy and I sat down and talked about her experience with eating disorder. And I shared a lot about mine too. At this time, I was a woman who was terrified of what I was saying and just so scared. And I can't really say that I was excited. I was just 100% terrified to admit all of this. And now I sit here, a really different woman with a lot of help from my friends. Because of this episode, I was empowered to continue to talk about it and continue to admit to myself I needed help and to grow and to heal. I did a lot of work with my friend, Rachel DeRochers, I mean, that woman, hello, look her up, the Grateful Grams lady here locally in Cincinnati. I did a head to heart, I did her head to heart, um, um, like mentor, mentorship that she offers. Oh my God, literally life changing. And then of course, my good friend, Kayla Hansman. Kayla is a registered dietitian. She's also a nutritionist. She also is a group fitness instructor of so many things. She's a lactation counselor. She's everything. And she is known on Instagram as Cincy Fit Foodie. And she helped me a lot. We had a couple one-on-ones. She went grocery shopping with me. She did all of this from the bottom of her heart. She's a good woman and a good friend and an expert at all things. If you need any help or are interested in any things like this, please, please, please use these women as resources. They are absolutely fantastic. You can find them both on Instagram. We got Grateful Grams, Rachel DeRochers, and Cincy Fit Foodie, Kayla Hansman. Okay, now let's just rerun over a couple eating disorder statistics. Yo, check this out. This is, you don't realize how much, at least I didn't realize how much it affected everybody. So about 10% of the U.S. population is affected with an eating disorder at some point. 28 to 74% of people um, are at risk of, of an eating disorder through genetics. And about 26% of people with eating disorders attempt suicide at least once in their life. It's also, shockingly, one of the most deadliest mental illnesses, only second to opiate overdose. You have got to be kidding me. And no one is really talking about this. It affects men, women, children, adults, the elderly, teenagers, people in their 30s, 40s, 50s, freaking everyone. It knows no sexuality. It knows no race, no part of town that you live in, no country, no state. It affects everybody. And what is so sad to me, because that means that so many people are experiencing what I've been experiencing my whole life. And you just have a secret you're keeping from everybody. 
It makes you lonely. It makes you cagey. It can affect your social life. I have said no to so many things, which I get into in the podcast, because I didn't think I could because my body wasn't where I thought it needed to be. I'm talking vacations, invites to the pool, prom dates, just, I mean, like any, so I can say it has affected my social life, my professional life, my relationship with my family on so many levels. Saying no to things, not being open with people. When you're always keeping a secret, you're always holding something back. You're not living fully in your skin. And I can say tonight, I'm very excited. I'm going to an event, going to an event, and I'm wearing, I'm just, I feel the most confident in my body I ever have. Since I was in the fourth grade, I've been doing everything to avoid eating from exercising before school, which I started doing in the fourth grade, to um, taking abusing Sudafed, Sudafed DM, cigarettes, alcohol, binge eating bulimia, anorexia, I mean, uh, is that even, just any drug that you could take so I wouldn't have to eat skipping meals. It affects your dating life. I hate going on dates because I have to eat meals and it's just like so hard, right? If anyone, you're not alone. Now listen to these statistics in children. Oh, this is crazy. 42% of one through third graders, girls, admit they want to be, admit they want to be thinner. 81% of 10-year-old children are afraid of being fat. 50% of 11-year-olds are sometimes very often on diets. And about 60% of girls, adolescent girls, are dieting, fasting, self-induced vomiting, diet pills, or laxatives. I can say I have heard 5-year-olds, 7-year-olds, 10-year-olds say, I want boobs, or I'm fat, or look at my abs. And they're all just obsessed with their body image already. From wherever you're getting it from, society or friends, family, just like wherever you are, You ain't alone. We are all in this. I think it's great that people in our generation, just the more we talk about it, the more we raise awareness and realize that it's, you're not alone. There should be no stigma about it. And that you can do and eat and be whoever the fuck you want, no matter who you are, as long as it's okay with you. That's it. All right? I love you all. Thank you so much for listening and being a part of this. And if you or anyone you know is suffering with an eating disorder or needs help in any way, there's a national eating disorder hotline you can call, and that's 800-931-2237. You can text at 800-931-2237. They also have online chats that you can go to, and that's at nationaleatingdisorders.org. There are also a lot of things locally going on in your area. This website and this main database will help you find locally who you need. If anything in the least, I encourage you to just start talking about it. It's scary. I know. If you need to start by messaging, by emailing, by talking, just saying it out loud to yourself. Not even looking in the mirror can be super tough, but also the strongest first step you can take. Tell a friend, tell a loved one, tell somebody you trust. And that is where the journey begins, y'all. You're not alone. I love you. You can DM me, Natalie at WKRQ.com. I'm on Instagram at Nat Jones. Please love and adore my friend Andy Zafiris. And you can find Andy Zafiris if you want to connect on Instagram at I'm Andy Zafiris. That's I-M-A-N-D-I-Z-A-F-E-R-E-S. She a bad bitch. She is so strong for having this conversation with me. I was very, um, I was very inspired by her, very motivated by her. And um, she's a great gal. You will love her. Adorable to the core and a very strong woman. Y'all enjoy. Remember, you are not alone. 
Well, so I asked you to come on today because you are open about your struggles with eating disorder. I'm just going to come right out and say it. And I think that's really brave and bold of you. And May is Mental Health Month. So I want to celebrate and add awareness to as much mental health as possible. And I myself have struggled with eating disorder my entire life. And I never talk about it. And I just kind of started talking about it. And, um, and yeah, so I think it's so great. You inspire me so much. And I think it's really, really bold of you. And it was something that I've just kept a secret my whole life. And I think it's really held me back from so many things. And, um, and I just want to know, I want to learn about your experience. Yeah. Um, I'm, I find that talking about it helps me. It's a huge part of my recovery process. And that's, um, lucky me. And eating disorder is just like one of my few mental illnesses. <laughs> so um, the more I talk about them, the easier it is to, um, I think, accept different ways um, to get better. Like therapy, I was pushed off for so long. And the more I began to talk about these things in my regular life, the more I was like, okay, I think I'm ready to take the next step, do therapy, try um, different treatments, try different medications. Um, but Eating disorders specifically, I think, are just, like, wildly untalked about um, and, like, wildly denied. Um, You know, you see a lot of things on social media and Instagram and all of these different fitness influencers um, are very, like, strongly denying that they have any problems and it's just very clear they do. And it's just, I think, it doesn't show that there are – a sign of weakness if you're admitting that or it doesn't show that you're any less credible it's just or maybe some people I feel like they don't know as yeah. um I just when I started talking about this and bringing it to awareness and as something that I want to change within myself um, my whole perspective changed the way that I absorb all of that information when I used to be in it mm-hmm. in it in it in it and following all this stuff and like obsessing over it and um and now I look at same account, same online beta that I'm digesting and being like, oh, whoa, this is incredibly unhealthy mm-hmm. and it is just enabling. And I, and I think because everybody has the power now to just take a pic on their phone and say whatever they want. Oh, I know. But I think a lot of it is innocently done. People don't know and maybe don't want to change, you know. I mean, you got to give freedom of speech. People can do whatever they want. So but I think there's a, it can do a lot of damage and a lot of good. Yeah, I, yeah. It, it's such a double-edged sword. I think yeah. it's how you're viewing it, but I think how we're being fed information now is really only in a toxic way because you're just looking at body after body after body, even when it is, you know, like I'm seeing more representation of like different body sizes, but it's still like these people that, you know, they're showing like, I'm happy, I'm healthy, da, 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 da. Um, and I th- it's so hard to remind yourself that it's just a like, that's one – that's what they ch- choose to share on the internet. Yeah. That is not what their life is day in, day out. Um, and honestly, I feel lucky to have gone through, like, the worst of my eating disorder issues before Instagram was wildly popularized because I think it would have just absolutely – So why don't we – let's start at the beginning. So Start at the beginning. You know, um, you know, Oprah growing up, you know, whatever, I did – digesting media and always wanted mm-hmm. to be like I started running before school when I was full in the fourth grade to um to oh, to um to burn calories and I remember like the very first picture of me I remember f- before I was a baby you know when I was like a toddler I remember just feeling really fat in my bathing suit and not getting not wanting a picture being taken in my bathing suit and I was like three <gasps> and it's like that is like my first 
memory. I just remember like it being, I just remember it clear as day. And I was standing next to my sister and I didn't like my sister. She was such a bully. And I was like, I don't want to stand next to her. I don't want to take a picture of my bathing suit. Like I look so fat in this. And I was like literally three or four. Like it was before oh, my fifth birthday. Oh no. So, um, so personally, it's like been a lifelong struggle. Mm-hmm. And I hear people say it wasn't for them. So I'm curious, what is yours like? Yeah. Um, I went on my first diet in like sixth grade, but it was like, let me explain what my diet was. I ate fast food so much as a kid. Um, we weren't like a unhealthy family. Like my parents are like pretty healthy, walk every day, eat decently well. But like fast food was like a treat. And then I just started eating it all the time. And so my diet, one of my diet meals included a salad from McDonald's like with ranch dressing. So like <laughs> let's call that a diet. You're in the sixth grade. <laughs> in sixth grade that basically is a diet. Okay. Mm-hmm. I wasn't eating French fries. Um, and... Sixth through eighth grade, it was the, the one thing that I think triggered me. Uh, sixth through eighth grade, junior high was not really, I didn't think about my weight. I have a fast metabolism. It wasn't something that I had to put a lot of effort into. Uh, one a, Something a girl said to me when I was in like seventh or eighth grade, she was like commenting on the fact that I eat like just a shit ton of food and was small. And she was, when you get your period, you're going to blow up. And I was like, what? Oh my God. And it freaked so me the fuck out. Like I was just like, what? What do you, what do you mean? What is it? What? What? So freshman year of high school, I think I was still like starting to kind of like battle some of those demons a little bit. Um, And it kind of just like snuck up on me. I wasn't purposely trying not to eat. I wasn't purposely trying to like lose weight I was just terrified of what was going to happen to me because girl told me I was going to blow up like a whale wow so like starting around ninth grade I started um it was 10th grade I started like I I lived on lean cuisines like that's like all I ate (laughs) and I would start um I'd walk my dog like three times a day for like two three miles um I was doing volleyball at the time so I had volleyball practice um and was really I mean, at that point, it wasn't even an exercise addiction. It was mostly just, like, I was eating 300 calories per meal. Yeah. And But I was like, but I'm eating. It's so like, all good. All good. Yeah. And then I went to the doctor, and they were like, whoa. We got to send you somewhere. And I mm-hmm. was just, like, still really confused. So, like, more on the Anno side? Yeah. Or it's anorexia? Like, yeah. yeah. Um, so my doctor was like, the, you are way too thin. We've got to, like, figure this out. And they sent me to... Um, worst experience of my entire life, uh, totally screwed me up for the rest of my eating, like behavior. Sent me to a dietitianist, dietitian or nutritionist. Dietitian was like, okay, we're going to put you in the hospital and like, we're going to monitor your meals or you can like go home and do it. And my parents like, we'll take care of her at home. Every single meal had to be portioned out, measured. Um, I'd eat at very specific times of the day. So it was like breakfast is at eight, snack one is at 10. Lunch is at 12, snack two is at two, and everything was so calculated out and so measured. Um, I had to do that for like a month. I wasn't allowed to leave my house. I was on bed rest. Um, How much did you weigh at this time? And like 88 pounds or wow. so. Wow. Okay. This was pretty severe. Like, And way, they were like, okay, way, so way you're going to gain 20 pounds. And this is in what grade are you in? 10th grade. Wow. And they're like, you're going to gain 20 pounds and before you, were, you can leave. And, and was, you were high functioning? Like you were studying and I was you were going fine. to school and everything yeah I had no idea that like I was in a place of danger um and you were still eating yeah and my and like that's that is a very good argument to make to your brain 
yeah. and to other people. It's like, I'm eating. I eat every meal. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't eating near enough. And I was moving so much um, that my calorie intake today was netting negatively. So can I stop you here? So like mm-hmm. your mentality through all of this, was it, um, what were you thinking? Um, once I got sent to the dietitian instructions, I was scared. I was so scared. Because at that point I was like, oh, I've worked really hard to not blow up like a whale. Um, and now you're telling me I have to gain all this weight. Gain this weight yeah. plus more back. Um, is that scary? It's terrifying. It was terrifying. I want to ask, like, I've, I've heard some people talk about when they were in the throes of addiction and um, eating disorder. Because I feel like those two are, like, borderline kind of similar. Like, even addiction mm-hmm. or food, you know, whatever. And um, it was triggered by, by uh, a traumatic event or by the way their parents treated them mm-hmm. or something that had happened and they just, like, really hated themselves. Like, did you have thoughts or anything like that that had spurred this? Um, I think I was just scared of being fat. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, it's, I think it's still like an irrational yeah. fear of mine. Like, yeah, same. um, which like, it's definitely irrational based on like what my family looks like, or my genetics, my lifestyle. Um, but it's just something that still sits in the back of my head and gaining weight is still scary for me. Like I can be as recovered as, you know, as anyone, I don't know, not as anyone as as someone would deem healthy. Um, I still don't think I'm at that point yet. I definitely still struggle with things, but gaining weight is just a scary thing. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's uncomfortable when your clothes don't fit right. And you're just like looking at a different body. Um, and so doing that to a 15 year old and I talk with my therapist about this and she gets so upset. She's like, they offered you no counseling. Like you had no counseling to this. And I was like, Nope, I'm just, Dumping food in my body. So you're in the hospital. What you didn't? You didn't. No, I did it at home. I okay. did it at home. And then, were you allowed to go to, through your recovery process? Were you allowed to go to school? And not you? for a month. Okay. So how was? So that month was the strict food and everything. Yeah, it was awful. I was on bed rest. Couldn't like go for walks. Couldn't like it was like you literally sit and eat. Um, oh, it was so bad. God, that sounds miserable. It was so bad. And then going back to school. Um, obviously like my parents, I don't know how much they told them, but I was so worried that everybody was like clocking everything I was eating to be like, is she eating? Is she eating? Mm -hmm. Um, so that added on like another level. And then I was still having to eat all these meals at certain times a day. Like I was never even hungry because it's just like they're pumping you with so many calories in a day. And when you're not moving and not like living your normal lifestyle, it just feels, it was so much work, so much work. Um, and I mean, for years, it just kind of really screwed up how I saw food and um, appropriate times to eat. Like I was like, I just was so out of tune with my body for I like, did not have good hunger cues, didn't have like um, good cues to me to stop eating. Like everything was just kind of screwed up. Um, and still I struggle with it. Like uh, I think especially things like hunger cues and stuff and such. What do you mean by um, a hunger cue? Well, I get. Well, I mean, I get what what you mean by hunger mm-hmm. cue. But like my first hunger cue of the day, I ignore for as long as possible. Oh no, I'm a big breakfast girl. You know, like mm-hmm. I can't. So like when, um, so how did you grow from there? So, so you never went to th- you uh, were young living in your parents' house, and those because you ended up g- going away to college. Mm-hmm. In those two years after recovery or whatnot, did you ever talk about it or what happened then? Uh, no. So junior and senior year of high school, I was like like pretty good. I was um, Did they prescribe you medicine or anything and no nothing 
It's on my own. Right. And uh, so I was fine. I like junior and senior year of high school didn't really have too many problems. Like had disordered eating thoughts, but it wasn't something that controlled my life. I didn't like relapse into a bad place. And then freshman year of college, it's kind of the same thing. It was like I had a, I had something that someone you know that had been beaten into my brain, similar to that comment about blowing up when I got my period. I knew that people gained freshman 15. And I was so scared. Yeah. I was so scared of gaining the freshman 15. Um, so I took a radically reverse uh, strategy. And um, I would I had very calculated things that I would eat at each of the dining halls um, and didn't really stray from those. Um, if I didn't work out, I wouldn't go out. Um, which as a freshman, like I missed just so many opportunities to like mm. interact with people. I was so overly consumed by food um, and exercise that, I mean, it completely jaded. I think that, that that's a, my experience. That's something that people don't talk about enough is how much you miss out on life when you are obsessed with this, with this eat, like eating disorders and any addiction, but really specifically eating disorders. Like I can think of, like I didn't go to, Burning Man twice because I like the thought of and I could have gone for free early entrance late late leave or whatever and um, because I was like I can't be like people like don't wear clothes that I'm gonna get hot like I can't go I can't do it and like I didn't go in the Grand Canyon because like you have to be in a bathing suit and those are just three of like hundreds of examples that I was like I cannot do this I can't go to that dance like I can't do that like I have to wear a different clothes like I can I can't I can't because I did gain a freshman 15 and I've always been I went from being super skinny to being to overeating and then getting really big and then losing that just because ugh, I don't even know it's a long story but like people don't talk about how much life you miss out on you miss out on so much and it's things that like going out to dinner you have no I, I mean if you're not in this mindset you have no idea what I like absolute shit show that goes on in your brain i feel you i feel you i mean i got on dates is really hard for me oh my god yeah i can't like oh i always do i always did uh like drink dates i was like "Mm, maybe we'll get to dinner like (laughs) (laughs) we'll We'll work up to that (laughs) (laughs) maybe apps (laughs) um so no i i just i freshman year i would do anything to just redo that experience because it just set the tone for rest my rest of my college experience and i didn't meet the right friends and i didn't um, I don't know. I, I didn't experience the way that I, I feel like a lot of people did. And I really missed out on so much. Um, when I look back at pictures of myself freshman year, I'm just like, geez, oh, how much did you weigh then? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I was a f- literally a rail. Like I, oh my God, it was Hey, little Andy. Terrifying. Just wanted to eat a cheeseburger. Uh, it's like a brat doll. <laughs> I was like skin and bones and like a big ass head. Like, oh my God. <laughs> And then some of my girlfriends called me out on it. And it was girls that I wasn't that close with. And I was like, okay, like I need to do something. But it just wasn't like, I was still like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went home for the summer. My parents were like, no, no, you're doing something about this. Um, so it became more about eating more calories. And um, Really luckily, I had gotten um, – was a big runner, and I had gotten an injury, like, on the back of my hip or something. It came out of nowhere. It's probably because my body was like, we can't 
keep living like this. Yeah. Uh, and wasn't able to run for like six weeks um, and really had to like slow down and focus on myself a little bit. Uh, and that got me back to like a healthier place. Um, and the rest of college was still a little bit of a minefield, but it was never to the point where I was in my freshman year. Um, cause I'd made some friends. I had. And how old are you now? 27. And that was when you were like 18, 19? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, college was still hard cause you're constantly surrounded by things that encourage you not to. They just challenge someone with an eating disorder every day. I mean, media in general, yeah. you think? But what about in school, specifically? Well, I mean, just at a college campus, you're constantly surrounded by lots of drinking. Um, and then, you know, with lots of drinking, you get hangovers. And so you're not able to, perf- like, you know, I can't work out mm-hmm. when I'm super hungover. Um, and then you're constantly surrounded by, like, pizza at 2 a.m. And just, like, going out for shitty brunch food. And just, it's, like, kind of, you know, a, a tailspin. Just, there's always... Party culture, and that's it's, so it's so fun, but so not, and that's so OSU too. Yeah, and the girls that I lived with in my house, um, it was seven girls, all of them, which like health and like um, I don't know, kind of just like living a little bit better was not a priority, and so like mm-hmm. those things were very apparent in my household. Yeah. Um, but also they're college girls. So then it would be like one week, like, oh, I got to diet before this. Or like, I'm going to work out super mm-hmm. hard. And um, and so that was like another triggering thing. Because it's like, no, we like, you guys don't need to diet. Like, let's not talk about that in this household. Yeah. Um, so the whole thing in college was just like a constant, like, just like a little flick at my eating disorder. Like always kind of mm-hmm. like just like poking the bear a little bit. Yeah. Um, did you ever talk about it then? Did you know? Were you aware of what was yeah. going on? Uh, actually, what was really, really great is I met one of my best friends still. We met sophomore year. And she <laughs> first time we met, she's like, did you have an eating disorder? And I was like, excuse me? <laughs> yeah. That's a good friend. <laughs> I was like, what? Did you? And she's like, oh, yeah. Been, bu- been bulimic for years. And I was yeah, like, oh, shit. We have something to bond over. Yeah. And... Um, so with her, she was such a good resource to talk about it, but we were both going through shit in college. Like I said, you're constantly being challenged. Mm-hmm. Um, and cause like you want to look hot in college. Like that's what, that's what you're trying to do. It's true. I guess so. I was more in college of like power eating burritos and <laughs> drinking all. I was like, I wanted to be one of the guys. I was just like one of the guys in that culture. I was like raised in that culture and just like. Ben's drinking in fraternity life is like what I did. And I like wore sweatpants proudly and looking back, I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> like I was such, but I was also like happy, but yet miserable. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I couldn't, it was like happy, but yet not. You're like wearing a different facade, but yep. inside I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. Like I didn't wear a bathing suit for a solid decade. Like I just <sighs> was like, I don't do that. I can't do that. Like I can't, like I can't. Can't. And I like didn't ever look at a picture of myself or oh, wait, hold on. No, nah. that was all until I got a prescription of meds that like depleted that appetite. But it was like years of ugh, the love hate roller coaster. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I talked about it a little bit and then um, graduated, whatever. I don't know when I became like so much more open about it. Yeah. Um, I think I just like don't give a shit. Like that's not. Um, I don't know. That's not a defined thing about me. Like I, um, 
I don't know. I guess I, I don't know when I started becoming so open with it. I mean, I after college, I like dealt with some exercise addiction. Um, and how's that now? I don't know. <laughs> I, I feel you. I think I, we all kind of overexercise. I feel like it's bit. getting better, but like um, any like medical professional would probably be like, mm, you're a little bit addicted. Slow it down. But you know what? Though? But there's part of that. So I've been told, especially in the past three years since I've lived mm-hmm. back in Cincinnati, like every doctor, because I've been injured so many times and all this stuff, and every doctor was like, you, yo girl, you need to calm it down. Been hospitalized twice for something else, but they were like in the hospital. They were like, like for three days the first time, and they were like, You stop, you need to stop doing everything. And at that that time, I would like run every day and go to hot yoga every single day. I had to go to hot yoga every day, but then I wouldn't eat and I would just drink because eating was like, I can't actually chew, so I'm just gonna drink and smoke cigarettes, which is like what I've always done anyway. And like the day I got out of the hospital. You best bet the next fucking day I went to two hot yoga classes and I was like, y'all fuck yourself. I'm going to be fine. But it's like the whole, but it's the whole culture of like go harder, like you can do it is really triggering. Like to me, I was like, I, that's just part of my workflow. That's just part of my flow. Yep. Is overexercising every day. So fuck off. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just like, oh, this is just me. It's just like a me thing. It's just like one of my quirks. And I'm like, like, no, it's a fucking problem. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so no, I think I still I still deal with it. Um, but I mean, when I was fresh out of college, I worked at a fitness company. Mm. All of my friends, we all met through doing uh, cycling classes, and so how we bonded was working out. And so I was doing two days every single day, mm. and I'd be so proud of myself. I was like, oh my god, I did five two days this week, and holy shit. shit. Um, one of my really good friends, he was like kind of in the throes of that with me too, and we talk about it now. We're like, God, that was. So terrible. It was so <laughs> terrible. Were you always tired? Was your body always swollen? Like, it had to have been. Like, I, I don't even, like, I don't know how I did that. Were you super tiny? Did you, was there I was dramatic like, weight loss? No, I was, like, thin. I was for yeah. sure thin. Um, Which you still are now. But, like, was I, there dramatic, you know, I would think that that much. I mean, it was way thinner than I was now. I was probably, mm. like, 90s pounds. Jesus. Um, yeah. But also, I mean... I was a pretty good athlete. Like I did a good job in my marathon. <laughs> I always say that. My boyfriend's like, no, 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 we're not going back to that. And I was like, I, I was, I did pretty good at that marathon. Though. I what? bounced right back. <laughs> what was your marathon time? Uh, like three twenty something. I was very close to Boston time. If I didn't have to pee a mm. lot during it, could have made it. Damn. I didn't really care, except for afterwards when my mom was like, you were like four minutes away. I was like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Nobody told me that I was basing that way. <laughs> I picked it up. Uh, but it's, I mean, it's really best that I didn't have to do that whole deal again. So like now as you go through it, and I would love to have you back, by the way. Yeah. To, to continue to talk about this. Um, I can tell you about my other uh, mental illnesses. Oh, which ones <laughs> you got? Which ones you got? Um, depression and anxiety. Same. Um, a little bit of problem with alcohol. Um, Same. So it's... I don't know. Like, uh, yeah, it's just always an up and... I keep thinking that I'm going to find some sort of balance in it, and I really just don't. Same. I have, like, a good week, and I'm like, I'm cured. Yeah, no. It's something... That, but, but also, though, I do think... Um, um, yeah, but so now as you go through your days eating now, like, what is it like for you now? So, uh, past two years, having Michael, my boyfriend in my life has been a huge help. Um, and like, I hate to say that, like, 
you need someone else to help you change but I did like that was just like my, what I needed like I it's, couldn't do it by myself yeah yeah, yeah. I feel um it. he is so outside of like having an eating disorder like I mean just it's he can't even process what it would be like god and, like oh it's oh, the envy like could just eat like a bagel a pizza and then like a large fry for breakfast and be like okay I'm gonna get on for your, almost a day and that would absolutely wreck me and my mind would not stop thinking about it. Oh, I couldn't imagine. But now we, like, cook all the time. Um, and my eating habits are – they're just so much more relaxed. Yeah. I'm not thinking about every single thing I put in my body. Like, um, his birthday was this week, and we made, like, pizzas on Monday. And I was like, oh, my God, two years ago having a pizza on a Monday? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so it's just – it's in a wildly different place. I mean, I'm still – I still deal with, um, you know, some exercise addiction stuff. Um, and I don't know. I, I haven't talked to a lot of people who have said that they're fully healed. But I don't know if that exists. Ever goes away. I just think your brain is always going to have some level of like I think it's, yeah, the more consideration self- yeah, of I, food. I think the more self-love you get and the more growth. For me, an exercise addiction, it was so bad a year ago today. But – like this past year, I've um, I've accomplished, I've made myself so proud. And I always said that that's my daily slogan, but like it takes a while. Like you just keep going on it. And now um, I feel like it, it just like something will flip. You know, if you're really working at it, like yeah. one day all of a sudden I look at like I used to love my favorite part of the day was overscheduling workout classes for the whole week. I'd be like, oh my God. And I would just like revel in the fantasy of doing 12 classes in a week. Like, oh my God, it's funny it's Now I'm like, dear fucking Lord, hell no. Why are you up at 5 a.m. to go do that shit? No. Yes. No, and isn't no, 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 it just no. so weird? Like, when I used to read people's recovery stories, I'm like, no, but how did you get there? You're not telling me that. You're just acting like a light switch flip. Yeah. It's exactly what happens though. You just don't – like, I have no well, pivotal moment. For right? Me. But, like, a light switch happens if you put in the work. Like, yeah. Like, light switches – well, I stopped drinking for two months this year mm-hmm. and did intense trauma therapy over shit that – and it was, like, light bulbs just started flipping. It was, like, finally my body was, like, we've been ready for this for so long. <laughs> finally. You know? And now it's, like, whatever. Hold on. But at the same time, I've definitely, like – my body has changed. I've gained some weight. Mm-hmm. And that anxiety is so much I can't – it's like it's like hard to like go to work and even like go outside sometimes. So maybe I'm not healed. Fuck. <laughs> Damn. So I was on my therapy calls because I was like, I have nothing to talk about. I cried the entire time. I was like, okay. My therapist like eyes just like kept widening. Like, you what? What? And I was like, we probably should have gotten to that two years ago, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> there's always more change. There's always more that you can change about yourself in a positive way. So when you you said before, um, people are like light bulbs like flipping or whatnot. Mm -hmm. So like, have you had some of those experiences that you can remember? No, I I truly don't think there's been one that I've just been really lucky to. I think I'm more like um, retrospective, where I look back on like a year ago or six months ago, and I'm like, holy shit! I was like, when did when did I become this much better? When did like where did that progress come from? Like I I haven't. There's not one moment that I can pinpoint where I'm like, okay, I'm deciding to change right now. Yeah. Um, it's just happened really slowly, and I think it's just from efforts of adding things in slowly or taking things out slowly. Um, 
And I, I truly don't know if it's been intentional. I think it's just something that's like kind of slipped through the cracks and I've allowed it to stay. Good for you. Well, it's got to be a reflection of like all the mental health work that you're putting into. Yeah. I feel like that is like it all starts in the brain. And people say so easily like, you know, it's just how much you love yourself. And you're like, oh, my God, that is like such a heavy, complicated thing as to if just it, say it's so easy. As if it was that easy. As if I just wake up this morning like, I'm going to love myself today. Yeah. It is not that easy. Like, do you think it holds you back? Like, I still feel like it holds me back now in that um, like – I could be so much better at my job and be such a better, like having an on online um, presence. And that's kind of like a big deal with my job. Mm-hmm. It's like pretty much 85% <laughs> of my job. <laughs> that's it. And I am um, in within my building now. And I, I my work won't want to hear this, but whatever. You guys just don't listen. Um, I'm like the worst one. I am lacking. It's like every year they're like, your social media game, girl, you got to get it up, you know? And Posting is so hard for me because I have to look at pictures of myself. I'll take a photo, and I recently, like this one that I took that I was supposed to take for a client. I was technically getting paid to take this fucking photo and just put it on Facebook, and I started crying tears. Oh and God. this was just like two months ago. And I was like, I, uh, I don't know what to do about this. So I had to take other photos, and it was – like it just feel but that being said as much as i'm describing it's a lot it's just, this is like way different for me to actually to be able to talk about this before i would just keep this inside and then just like smoke cigarettes and like not eat for two days or something right but i quit smoking and i have stayed on that journey so, so now that, you have to talk about it it sucks and you're just like <laughs> and then i quit drinking and it was like oh my god but like things like that i feel like um maybe like like aren't talked about like it just it controls it controls so much so like now I'm um personally like like it's literally affecting like my whole life and like my fucking career and like yeah the future my future oh my god yeah no I I've lately I went off antidepressants uh good for you I say good for you because everyone has their own journey with getting back on them are you okay (laughs) I think about that I don't know everyone has their own journey with them I've um um, they're not good for me. I've all that those days yeah. for me were not good, so it's behind me. But I know a lot of people have great success. With I it. went on them, and then I was in such a bad place. I was like, keep up in this dosage, and I was on such a high dosage, I was completely numb. And then I thought I was doing great, and so I went off them like right at the beginning of the pandemic. I was like, I can do this. It was fine. I actually was great. Like through the beginning of the pandemic, my therapist is like, why are you doing so well? I was like, I don't know. I love this shit, <laughs> <laughs> and. Lately, I think I just, uh, as the world's opening back up, I'm excited, but I'm super anxious. I am super nervous. The idea of having to put so much energy into doing things mm-hmm. is, like, terrifying. And I'm just so tired thinking about it. Maybe um, energy into what? Into just, like, maintaining relationships again. It's yeah. like, okay, now we're back to it. We're doing happy hours. We're doing, like, meetups. We're doing coffee. And I love seeing people, but holy shit, I'm so tired. And I'm at the point now where, like, even get like yesterday, I worked from bed because I was like, I can't do anything. And I was like, Oh, this seems like we might be having a depressive episode. <laughs> so I think that it's time to get back on them, which we'll see how it goes. Okay. But that's say- like the whole self love thing. It's holding me back from being because I'm so, and I'm like, my boyfriend's like, I think you're doing great. And I'm like, That's cool. I hate who I am inside right now. Yeah. I was like, I don't feel anything like myself. 
And so it's holding me back from being a better employee, a better friend, a better daughter, a better like just all these things that I want to, that I pride myself on doing well. Um, and so, you know, for some people it's going to be, I don't know, talking about it more. Mm-hmm. And for me though, I feel like I don't ever shut up about it. So I'm like, maybe some medication is now the next step. Yeah. <laughs> I never shut up about it either. So you can, oh, you're always welcome here. You can always come here and run your mouth. <laughs> and I will try my best not to overrun my mouth, but and try to listen. Because I feel you. But I feel like if people don't understand or aren't going through it, then it's hard to really ha- to really hold space for people who are yeah. going through it. And, and like I'll hear other people react to things of I, – I can see people struggling in trauma from a freaking mile away. Oh, yeah. I can see it in people's eyes. And I'm like, oh, yes, I got uh, you. That's why I'm with the eating disorders. I'm like, mm, yep. I think we need to have a little one-on-one. Right? <laughs> But when I hear people um, talk shit or just like talk about how somebody acted some way or did something or whatnot that was honestly maybe shitty, yeah, and and I and I will know like that person did so did not mean to do that. Like I understand them so much, but also like it was a shitty human thing to do, and that's where I feel like I kind of live in that space too. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, uh, this is all like. I don't know. It's so hard. I don't really know exactly where I was going with that. No, but, I but I get it. But but that is has for me so heavily related to getting coffee with people and then going out to drinks with people and going out to dinner. But at the same time, being like, how come no one invites me? I mean, like, it's because I can't handle it because my cat. <laughs> it's me. That's my constant struggle. Like, wow, got left out of this. And someone invites me. I'm like, fuck. I'm like, I don't want to go to that. Um, so so much anxiety about it. I oh, can totally no. understand why people wouldn't want to invite me. They're like, mm-hmm. we don't really want to hear you complain about how you don't want to come. <laughs> yeah, okay, that makes perfect sense. Andy, thank you so much for being so open and honest. Um, I must say, when I met her through the group of women that I became friends with over the past year, it was really Andy. When people said that she talks so openly about it, it was really through her that I found the strength to um, to talk openly about it as well. So thank you so much, girl. You've like helped me out so much. And to everyone who ever invited me to Burning Man and I couldn't go, now you know why. So I was weird about it. I probably lied. I remember once I made it that I was like getting um, surgery, um, like vaginal surgery, so I didn't have to go on a boat trip once. That was a long. That was in Telluride as well. Anyway, a long time ago. And for the people who invited me to go on Grand Canyon, now you know. Sorry about that as well. Maybe one day. Um, again, thank you so much, Andy. And if anyone who's listening to this is going through the same thing or knows somebody who is, please, please seek help. Please do not be afraid to talk about it anymore. You can at least talk to me. You know, I'll make jokes the about it and get you through it every day, or we can lean on each other. I just want you to know that you're not alone and it doesn't have to be a secret that you're ashamed of anymore. There's so much stigma surrounded around this and while it's super unfortunate, I get it and let's try to break that, okay? You can also log on to eatingrecoverycenter.com for more needed um, help and also call 1-866-438-8902. Again, thank you so much for listening. You can email me, natalie at wkrq.com. And uh, like the podcast, subscribe, tell your friends. If you know anyone you think would benefit from this, please share this with them. Y'all, you ain't alone, okay? Whatever you do today, make yourself proud, love and light, all those things. And uh, I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.